Ground Cover News is a nonprofit street paper that was founded in April 2010 as a means to empower low-income persons to make the transitions from homeless to housed and from jobless to employed. Vendors purchase each copy of the Ground Cover News regular edition at our office for 50 cents. This money goes towards production costs. Vendors work selling the paper on the street for $2, keeping all income and tips from each sale. This audio production was made possible by the Ann Arbor District Library, recorded at Fifth Avenue Studios. If you consistently enjoy Ground Cover Speaks, continuing to buy physical newspapers from Ground Cover vendors ensures that we can sustain production. The physical paper and in-person interaction is at the heart of our work. You can find the link to our next audio recording in the upcoming print issue of Ground Cover News. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to our print advertisers, the People's Food Co-op, St. Francis of Assisi Parish, First Baptist Church, Bethlehem United Church of Christ, the Office of Community and Economic Development, Cineholic, Art on a Journey, Ann Arbor for Public Power, Four Directions, and the Ypsilanti Food Co-op. Music That is Soothing to Me by Denise Shear, vendor number 485, read by me, Emily. These are some of the songs that I love to listen to because they soothe me. I like the song Make Someone Happy by Della Reese because it is a true song. When we make someone else happy, we are happy too, and it feels good to be a blessing to someone else. Another song I like is Mystery Lady by Billy Ocean. It's a fun song, and it has a good sound to it, and he tells her she's a mystery, but a good woman at the same time. I also like the song Lady You Are by One Way because he tells her he appreciates the lady she is and all the good things about her. I like the song Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlyle too. I like it because it is good to imagine heaven right here on earth. I like both versions of Joy to the World, the Christmas version and the Joy to the World that is a rock song because they both talk about happiness and good times. I also like the song What the World Needs Now is Love by Jackie DeShannon, because it is a true song no matter what year we're in. I like, I like to live the love by B.B. King because it's a fun and good song. I like the song Babyface by Little Richard because it's a fun, loving, cute song. I like the Christmas song called Santa Baby because I like to imagine getting everything I want all year round from Santa and secret Santa parties. I like the song It's a Miracle by Culture Club because I like it when miracles happen. Why I Love Ground Cover by Beverly Boss, vendor number 583. Ground Cover News has been there for me since I've been homeless to hold my head high, to feel better about myself, to be able to provide food and help with the cost to just live. I was struggling and I still struggle. While homeless, it feels good to work and make money, not begging others for food. Ground cover has given me a job to support myself. I don't have to steal and I can pick my hours to work. Ground cover helps veterans who I love. They need our support the most. They fought for us. Ground Cover has not given up on any of us, no matter our background. Ground Cover has taught us to be consistent and it gives us hope back into our lives. Ground Cover gives us a way and a place to warm up, 
help others, get new friends, and work on helping others who feel helpless. We make a way to eat and put a roof over our heads. I appreciate my customers. People need people. We reach out and they reach out, which is awesome. Reaching out is a beautiful thing. Lindsay, Ben, and others are truly angels. That's why Vendor 583 is happy to be a ground cover vendor. Love, Beverly Boss. From the desk of Panda, Let the Peace Flow by Cindy Jeer, vendor number 279. When I was a little girl back in the 1970s, war was still raging. I remember hearing, war is war, and asking adults at the time, what is war? Being so young, I did not understand. I looked around me. There was no war going on. The person told me, war is fighting from two separate sides and when lots of people die. Right then, I chose to seek peace forever. I decided to find a way to be peaceful, whether it was doing karate or walking in the arboretum following a butterfly, drawing nature images, meditation, or dancing to my favorite song. I decided to create peace wherever I went to now, today. What I discerned about life is that peace is a way of the mind, heart, and soul. Peace is a state of mind. One must choose to be at peace and nothing else. In this, you create peace in the soul. You won't even want to let go. Peace becomes a true way of life. One human at a time, we let go of hate, rage, and anger. Let the peace flow to help end all wars, for it truly starts with one person at a time. Forty-one-year-old St. Andrew's Breakfast Program models nonviolent crisis response. By Jane Riley, ground cover vendor number six eleven. Read by me, Lindsay Kalka. There is a commotion outside the breakfast at St. Andrew's. It's seven fifteen a.m. on Reverend Paul Frolic's first day as new rector for historic St. Andrew's Episcopal Church, three hundred six North Division Street in Ann Arbor. Frolic goes outside and immediately starts shaking hands with everyone. It's 9 a.m. Someone is waiting at the locked front door of the dining room. The kitchen is closed. The volunteers and guests have left. The new program director, Sue Nishi, goes back inside to put a double-sized to-go bag, putting in two meals instead of one, just in case. We like to meet people where they are, said Nishi, who started September 15th after training for two weeks with former breakfast program director Shannon Floyd and volunteering since February. Frolic's first day was September 5th. He took over from interim rector E. Wayne Rollins and retired rector Alan Gibson. There are other newcomers, but it is Nishi and Frolic who work directly with the homeless community. He comes around, said Colby Halloran about Frolic. You see him, don't you? That's never happened since I've been here. He's very keen on this program. 
Halloran is a volunteer for the breakfast program, a six-year member of the St. Andrew's Board of Directors, and was instrumental in the hiring process for Nishi. They're both coming in with this wonderful injection of energy, Halloran said. We're so impressed by both of them. Everybody is. With 195 years of operations, including 41 years with the breakfast program, St. Andrew's Ministries may be the longest enduring social justice community outreach organization in the county. St. Andrew's and the Interfaith Council of Congregations contributing in forming the Shelter Association of Washtenaw County in 1982, the same year as the start of the breakfast program. Various social justice groups in Washtenaw County, including Ground Cover News, Community Mental Health, the Sheriff's Department, along with the City of Ann Arbor and its police force, are working for a more community-building and proactive crisis response instead of the current nationwide reactive police response. But St. Andrews has already been modeling this for a while. While there are occasional disruptions by guests and even staff at the breakfast program, it's never daily and violence is rare. Nisi said that problems are dealt with on a case-to-case basis. I'm so grateful for St. Andrew's Breakfast Program, which has been providing nutrition, structure, and togetherness for the community members for decades, wrote Ann Arbor Mayor Christopher Taylor via email. Ann Arbor Municipal Safety Officer Dave Monroe, a 35-year retired veteran of the police force, said while he couldn't speak on behalf of the entire police department, he thinks the problems that arise there are the same problems that arise everywhere else. In 2021, Ann Arbor City Council passed a resolution for an unarmed safety response program, possibly similar to the existing Washtenaw County Sheriff's Office, pairing an officer with a community mental health expert. Currently, there are several ways the general public can positively engage with the Ann Arbor Police and multiple programs for engagement with the Sheriff's Department. Some homeless guests now offer friendly greetings and introductions to those they recognize by sight and homeless group leaders discuss, offer, and implement nonviolent and first responder solutions among themselves with social workers and even the police. The Breakfast Program is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization and separate from the church, which enables Nishi to work with food gatherers in the Emergency Food Assistance Program, a federal program that helps supplement the diets of people with low income by providing them with emergency food assistance at no cost. TFAP is part of the United States Department of Agriculture, which requires a separation of church and state. Religion is never mentioned unless conversation is initiated by the guest or someone reads the biblical phrase, Jesus said, come and have breakfast, John 21, 21, painted on the wall over the kitchen. Ethics of various religions, the driving force behind the breakfast program, are shown through the behavior of Frolic, Nishi, and the volunteers. Our connection to the church is fragile but important, Halloran said. I can't picture the church or the breakfast program one without the other, Frolic added. The parish profile states, we are well positioned to take on new and expanded ministries and to reach out of our established zone. There are opportunities here that haven't been dreamed of yet, and we hope to grow together as a community into realizing those new opportunities. According to information from a congregational survey and small group meetings, the parishioners and 12-member board of directors want the breakfast program to improve. Not because it doesn't have a stellar reputation, because as a team, the parishioners believe in continuous improvement. In 2022, a donation allowed air scrubbers, machines to clean up 99.99% of 0.3 micron-sized particles, mold 
bacteria from the air and surrounding surfaces to be added when indoor service resumed following COVID-19. The air scrubber information is courtesy of Hepacart. St. Andrews did not miss a day of service during the pandemic. This is one reason why Nishi and Frolic take time to speak with each guest, and Nishi has changed the menu to bring in more nutritious foods while minimizing food waste. Nishi added items to the menu such as different types and sizes of sausage, pork, chicken, or turkey, cheese, meat, yogurt, nuts, dried and seasonal fresh fruit, in addition to the staples of milk, eggs, cold cereal, grits, oatmeal, peanut butter, jelly, pastries, toast, different juices, coffee, tea, and water. There's also a cart for guests to make their own to-go bag. Some items, like a sugar-free applesauce, are free through food gatherers, while other normally expensive items, like nutritional drinks, are purchased wholesale. Nishi has a photo of her mom, sister, and herself in her car with 180 pounds of blueberries for the breakfast program. Sue gets paid because the responsibilities have increased, Halloran said, of the only part-time paid position. It's a hard job. Nishi works with volunteer coordinator Suzette Jaquette and about seven to 10 volunteers at a time, easily over 100 for the year. The breakfast is advertised as free daily for anyone in need, 365 days a year from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. in a room that fits up to 80 people with 14 tables and 55 chairs currently in use. Nishi is paid for five days a week, overseeing the program, planning the menu, budgeting, ordering food, and fundraising. The expenses for 2020, according to Cause IQ, a website that provides information on nonprofit organizations, were 153,764, or about $421 a day, which includes rent, heat, electricity, maintenance, and janitorial services besides food. I think we're very frugal, actually, in the long run, Halloran said. Nishi said determining the proper amount of food used daily is a balancing act. A former lawyer who has volunteered at food gatherers, Nishi also has 13 years of volunteer experience cooking all the food for the Young People's Theater of Ann Arbor, which he describes as an eight-day marathon. That's just Sue, said Peggy Lynch, Mercy House owner and mission board member. I think it's amazing that she made it part of her mission to be out networking. We have the opportunity to share resources and information. I'm grateful she reached out. Mercy House shared donated sleeping bags with the breakfast program. Many guests to the breakfast program have additional needs, physical, financial, and emotional. Nishi is working on filling the clothing donation rack with necessary outdoor gear, as well as dress clothes for employment. And of course, continuing to speak with guests as often as wanted or needed. I like to err on the side of giving chances, Nishi said. I'm trying to treat every person as a human being with respect and honoring their dignity. When you look around the room and see people who are having challenges and don't have resources or don't have shelter, I don't believe that is a direct result only of their personal choices. The playing field is not level. We don't all start in the same place. We don't all have the same privileges. We don't all have the same upbringing and adults who nurture us in the same way. You know that phrase, there but for the grace of God, go I? You look at the blessing you have in your life. We can't judge. We don't know why people are where they are and who they are. We need to meet them where they are. We need to call them by name and look them in the eye and say, how are you this morning and welcome and I'm glad you came in. And I believe that deep in my soul.
My name is Shannon French. Um, I will be reading to you my poem, Pain. It's basically a suicide prevention poem, uh, and I hope it helps somebody. So let's get right into it. Pain. My pain is my pain. To share my pain is to share my brain. So many windowless memories locked inside my brain. How can I explain the endless rain? You can't contain what you can't sustain. Sooner or later, you have to find a drain to allow the pouring rain. But every drain ain't a good drain. Some people use triggers to ease their pain, while others use knives to slice their veins. I wonder what they saw to make their life change. Life is so complex that it's beyond strange. Others use Coke X and other amphetamines. I never want to hurt myself, I just want to forget the pain. So I chose drugs instead of triggers and veins. Smoking weed and snorting cane, I thought I was ahead of the game. But it was all the same. I was still killing my brain. So now I use this pen to express my pain, this pain that is so heavy on my brain. If one sleeps, the others are left to weep. But if we all sleep, no one is left to weep. So many lives have been claimed from pain. So please, brothers and sisters, if you feel the same, find a better way to release your pain. Love Game by Teresa Me Vendor 570. I always told myself I wouldn't play this game. I never wanted to open up my heart. Now it's too late for myself. That love game called my name, waiting for it to tear me apart like it always do. Calling out for me, calling out for you. For now, this will be, but will it last or is it going to pass? Only time will tell. My Undisability by Jamie Cameron, ground cover vendor number 6112. I am an epileptic at birth and still have grand mal seizures frequently. However, when it comes to disability, I'm deemed an undisabled. My disabilities are considered a minor inconvenience to those determining my social security disability insurance status by whom who do not know me at all. I take medications to prevent seizures and I have many mentally ill diagnoses. I'm controlled but by whom? Society's experts? Nah, deems that I cannot be disabled. Despite being able to work 15 years in information technology and 10 years in retail and food service in the past, I am now disabled. My disabilities include epilepsy, seizure pal, 
personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, major depression disorder, social generalized anxiety disorder, and degenerative disc disease. Yet, all these controlled conditions by medication does not mean I'm cured. It simply prevents episodes or seizures. And it does not mean that I am not disabled. At times, the side effects worsen my disabilities. For example, Abilify causes tremors as a side effect. True, I am not by definition a paralyzed veteran, despite trying the major four military branches only to be denied due to epilepsy. I'm one of those who slip through the cracks. In other words, because I am on medication, the government says I am okay. I am not okay. Now, when I mention schizopal or schizoaffective, I only mean to say that occasionally I will hear male or female voices calling out my name and see shadow beings full frontal or through peripheral vision. When I apply for a federal or professional job, there's a list of disabilities to check off, some of which I can check. Having any one of those should qualify me to get SSDL or SSDI. I have prescriptions and I am still homeless. I have been since 2015, but I am not determined to be eligible to get disability. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the title of the story is uh, American Disability Rights Movement. Uh, The subtitle is From Public Policy to Advocacy by Will Shakespeare. The Americans with Disability Act of 1990 is the cornerstone of the basic civil rights protection for individuals with physical and mental disabilities. The 2009 Amendment Act strengthened the non-discrimination component of the Disability Act. Some people had wondered why the Civil Rights Act of 1964 non-discrimination provision did not include Americans with disabilities. One reason is that society for a long time took for granted the disability rights movement and their constant struggles for respect, acceptance, and basic 
human dignity. A Brief History of the American Disability Rights Movement. The, the Disability Rights Movement has faced generations and centuries of struggle. They have won many court cases. They have triumphed over many obstacles. And they have managed to get the support of U.S. presidents, such as Franklin D. Roosevelt, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, and George W. Bush. The movement has succeeded in getting several laws passed for the benefits of disabled Americans. But there is no legislative triumph bigger than the Americans with Disability Act. A more detailed explanation about the ADA comes from writer Jennifer Govan of Columbia University. She noted, the Americans with Disability Act is a comprehensive civil rights law that was signed into law on July 26, 1990 by President George H.W. Bush. The ADA covers a wide range of mental and physical medical conditions, including those that are not necessarily severe or permanent in nature. As part of Columbia University's celebration of the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, Ms. Govan expanded the concept definition of ADM. She wrote, It requires employers to provide reasonable accommodation for employees while imposing accessibility requirements in public areas such as educational institutions, museums, stores, restaurants, governments, and other services. Uh, service establishments. Prohibiting discrimination based on disability in a broad spectrum, the ADA was later amended, becoming the ADA Amendment Act effective January 1, 2009. We urge our readers who want to get more detailed information on the legislative history of the Americans with Disability Act to watch a video titled, Who Are the Heroes? A History of the Disability Rights Movement, presented by Barry Whaley of Bottom Blatt Institute, a disability law and policy center at Syracuse University Law School. The presentation was made at San Diego Law Library on Friday, July 22, 2022, to help celebrate the 32nd anniversary of the ADA. A lot of the valuable information was shared with the audience, including a chronology 
of legislation and events that shaped the dis disability movement before and after the 1990 ADA. Mr. Whaley said that the first Vocational Rehabilitation Act was passed by Congress in 1917. It was designed for veterans who were returning from World War I. The Vocational Rehabilitation Act of 1920 extended the benefits and privileges to civilians. Mr. Whaley noted that in 1933, Franklin D. Roosevelt became the first U.S. president with an obvious disability. It was widely assumed that FDR was elected president in 1932 to help end the Great Depression. However, disability rights advocates said that it was ironic that the disabled president excluded people with disabilities in the largest recovery program of the 1930s, known as the Works Progress Administration. Congress passed the Fair Labor Standard Act of 1938. It prohibited child labor and established minimum wage laws. It also established Section 14C, which allows employers to pay people with disabilities minimum wages. It also provides minimum wage certificates to employers who choose to pay below the minimum wage. Sadly, Section 14C, which still exists today, allow low wages which continue to keep disabled people in lives of poverty. In 1940, the American Federation of the Physically Handicapped was created. The American Mental Health Federation was created in 1946. Their organizing and mobilizing efforts led to the passage of the National Mental Disability Act of 1946, which was signed by President Harry Truman. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 was a landmark legislation which was designed to protect racial minorities and women who were often victims of discrimination and prejudice. We have noted earlier that the 1964 law did not include Americans with disabilities. In 1972, two court cases regarding including people with disabilities in educational classrooms were addressed. They were Mill versus DC and Park versus Pennsylvania. Congress passed the 1973 Rehabilitation Act, which prohibited discrimination based on disability for federal government programs and any organization receiving monetary assistance from the federal government. In 1975, Congress passed the Education for All Children 
with Disability Act, originally known as Education for All Handicapped Children Act. In 1978, the nation witnessed a widespread protest known as the Adapt Bus Crisis. Protesters aimed to shut down bus transit services, especially in Denver, to bring attention to the issues of disability for the disabled community. In 1986, Congress passed the Air Carrier Access Act, which will provide equal access and equal opportunity for air travel. In 1988, major headline news in print and TV noted that Mr. I. King Jordan had been up appointed the president of Gallaudet University for the hearing impaired. Gallaudet was founded in 1864, and it took more than 100 years for the school to find a leader who was deaf. In 1999, Title II of the ADA was tested in Olmsted versus LC. The Supreme Court validated the primacy of the ADA. Mr. Wartley described Olmsted as the most important disability rights case, perhaps in her lifetime. The High Court has set the precedent for the enforcement of ADA. The most recent congressional action on ADA is the 2017 ADA Education and Reform Act. Now we will talk about Helen Keller and disability rights heroes. PBS. Learning Media presented an important story titled Advocacy for People with Disabilities. The subtitle is Becoming Helen Keller. Keller was generally concerned about employment discrimination against people with disabilities, especially educated women. She also wanted to help address the issues of blindness in babies due to sexually transmitted diseases such as gonorrhea. Helen Keller was blind and deaf, but was educated. She became an advocate for job opportunities for women with disabilities who wanted to work in Massachusetts. With the help of friend Charlie Campbell, she appealed to the Massachusetts legislature to expand the civil rights of the blind and to help find employment for the blind. In Helen Keller's time, more than 100 years ago, women were not allowed to talk about sex or venereal diseases, STDs. A cure was finally found for blindness in babies due to sexually transmitted diseases, hyphen 
a few drops of silver nitrate into the eyes of newly born babies. Continued, Kayla was gra gratified when she visited the Children's Hospital in Boston's nursery ward and found that there were very few babies in the crib who were considered blind. She said, I think it was the happiest day of my life when I was told that the day nursery in Boston, once full, was then almost empty. Kayla and a few friends were invited by the highly circulated Ladies Home Journal to write articles about how the gonorrhea STD was unknowingly passed from the mom to the baby. Keller and friends were given very tough writing assignments because sex and STDs were considered taboo in 1903. The Massachusetts Association for the Blind and the Visually Impaired was formed by Helen Keller and Charlie Campbell. Keller expanded her work on disability issues and job opportunities for the blind. She lobbied steadfastly and the Massachusetts legislature urged the necessity for employment of the blind. Helen Keller said, it is terrible to be blind and to be uneducated, but it's worse for the blind who have finished their education to be idle. The state legislature accepted Kayla's suggestion to form a commission to reduce blindness in babies. She was asked to be a member of the commission. There was no accommodation for Helen's deafness while on the commission, so she brought in her own interpreters. She was not able to acquire all the relevant information she needed while serving in the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind. Predictably, she resigned. Now, conclusion. Syracuse University legal scholar Franklin A. Kakamo wrote a March 2020 article in the Syracuse Law Review. The title is The Past, Present, and Future. Subtitle is ADA and 30 Years of Progress <coughs> in Access, Inclusion, and Opportunity. There is no doubt about the challenges and successes of the disability rights movement. The people with disabilities and their advocates will be eternally vigilant. The victories are hard won and us, battle-tested soldiers for freedom, justice, and dignity. The movie documentary Crip Camp depicts a youth camp described by Barry Whaler 
as the epicenter of the disability rights movement in the 1960s. Find time to watch the documentary if you miss the screening at Grand Cover News. There have been millions of heroes in the American disability movement. Barry Whaler of Syracuse BBI mentioned the School of Education Dean, Bottom Blatt, and a disability advocate, Fred Kaplan. He also mentioned Ed Roberts of Berkeley, McGold of Alternative Teaching Modules, Fanny Lou Hammer, etc. There are plenty of stories of heroes in every community. Hasta la Victoria Siempre by Ken Parks, Ground Cover Vendor 490. Spanish is a growing language in the United States. It may be the best choice to be bilingual and promote brain and mental health. The English for the title of this article is Towards Victory Always. It is a basic slogan of the Cuban Revolution. Even setbacks and outright defeats can be turned towards victory. The July 26th movement in Cuba was born from the defeat of the attempt to seize weapons from the Moncada barracks on July 26, 1953. It is similar to the memory of John Brown and Harper's Ferry. Most of the revolutionaries were killed in battle or captured and murdered. Fidel was captured, but even as a prisoner, observed his situation closely and saw that one of Batista's officers was a man of some integrity. Fidel spoke to him and told him who he was. The officer then disobeyed his orders to take prisoners to an execution site and drove through town to the police station. It became known that Fidel was still alive and the Batista dictatorship decided to put him on trial. Fidel got to speak and delivered the now famous history will absolve me speech. We are in a different period of history now. The armed struggle is not the focus. The ideological struggle around which ideas work has become central. The impact of Martin Luther King on theory and practice and faith in reality has changed our understanding of who we are. His relationship with Thich Nhat Hanh, whom King met, and Thomas Merton, the soul brother he did not meet in person, are the basis for a deeper revelation on what needs to be done to maximize the number of survivors of climate change and war. Above all, take notice of the plans for nuclear war and the march of the war machine for first strike shock and awe by the end of the decade.
Orepa, O-R-E-P-A, the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance, has been organizing demonstrations and civil disobedience to stop nuclear weapons research. They have done vigils every Sunday for 22 years. The writing has been on the wall for decades. It's a now-or-never moment. It is time for mind training as the first step as we learn to compost war and grow peace. We are fortunate to have excellent meditation teachers in our midst. Kempel Chipel is a new Tibetan meditation master who I met through the Karuna Buddha Center. I'm going back to the basics of following the breath as the gateway for taming the mind and developing some ability to benefit beings. Fortunately, the vastness of the task before us begins with simple things. We can, we can do it. When Sakyamuni Buddha was challenged that his awakening was not valid and he was harshly questioned, who is your witness? He responded by touching the earth. Mother Earth responded decisively. We have the famous statue of Buddha in the earth-touching gesture, the inspiration for the countless practitioners who are progressing on the path of enlightenment. Many of us begin the day with some focus on the holiness within. Search for the spiritual friends who can help you. Everyone you meet can be a teacher. Choose those who match your stage of development so we can move forward together. If you look, you will find enough compañeros to move towards victory. Freedom is calling you. Musings and bookwormias. Sometimes it seems so self-evident that there is much more to all of this than what gets in through the senses. There are parts of self we create through volition. The dismal, shadowy parts of us we keep to the sidelines that seek recognition on account that there is so much more than surface tensions. The varied membrane of what we once clung to fertilize what was set apart to coalesce through an echo of time-space. There are things here in the soul of sentient being which aspire to the eternal. Whilst the surface remains of how much we accumulate as citizens of our local areas, collect psychic debris from the annals of history, the dream life of beings tells another story. Dot, dot, dot. We seem to relate tales of purpose that goes beyond words, 
the very rectifying spectrum of colored shades of personality has allowed a diversity of expression that shapes the forms we make. There is some suchness as us, however potent. The total eclipse of the self, some guy. The telltale signs of what has come at last to help our countenance relax into a some casual time past, the removing of the debris of the day to another locale, the sense of accomplishment that comes with the satisfaction of performing good works of a day well done, to recollect the mind in ways that make sense still and continue to do so, many are the graces of life gratitude as a side effect of who you are. The rather open-ended friendship haiku spots Tad Weathers The all-in-all truth we seek out for its own sake those designs with this the purpose to life is the purpose of our life. The way these things happen. Thus spake the righteous, the ever present logique comes back with the thus. Therefore goes by God the light of awares. We so interesting. Casual, Mr. Chad Chelsea, I, 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 a local writer. If then I had an opportunity to give back with gratitude, the resonating appeal with other being seems natural. The enthusiasm generating with joy for being a part of a higher truth what embodies the small details to build up a greater wool to recognize the value we communicate allows the free flow of meaningfulness its full cycle by participating with this there is much we share in everyday existence that allows the purposes inherent to grow from within the space we sow. There are ways to state the terms of things for these days, and so we make.